Welcome to St. Joseph Radio Presents. We have a great hour coming up for you. Uh, I think it has something to do about being a disciple. That's not me, I don't think. Yes, that's it you. is. No, that's you. Oh. Yeah. What now? You got the Great Commission just like I did. That's right. Go be a disciple. That's but what go we're going to do. Jesus. Go out and proclaim the gospel to the whole world. Deacon, that's you, that's me, that's all of you. Please, join us. Listen. Welcome to the St. Joseph Radio Presents live program broadcasting to you from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. The program that for over 30 years has brought you eloquent speakers from across the globe to help explain, clarify, and evangelize the Catholic faith. Our program covers a variety of topics relating to current issues and occurrences in our daily lives. Now, with the aid of technology, we are able to bring the gospel message to the four corners of the world, where Christ himself did say, those who have ears ought to hear. It is our hope at St. Joseph Radio that through these programs, we can help evangelize the world and change one soul at a time. Now, here is your host to introduce today's guest and topic. Well, thank you, Matt. I am your host today, Peter Karutz, and we are on the radio live here in St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West with Deacon Tom Burke. Deacon, good, good, good to see you. Good afternoon, I guess. Isn't afternoon, it? Yeah, almost said morning. Yeah, yeah good afternoon. Said morning. Good afternoon, Peter. Good to have you here. De- Deacon, tell me, remind me, where, where are you serving these days? I, I have the pleasure to be canonically assigned to St. Joseph's uh, Church in Cottleville, Missouri. That little tiny place. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. How many deacons are there? Uh, well, there's two of us. One's retired, uh, Deacon Glenn Schulteis, who's, who still is active in helping out in the parish, and then I'm the only one canonically assigned. Oh, wow. Very cool. And I have to ask, because it was just crossing <laughs> my mind, it, it was, was uh, Father Hogan there? No, I think he may did a stint years ago. I, I was okay because he. I remember he talked a lot about uh, a lot about Saint Joseph. It's a great place to be. They're lucky to have you. And today we are on Saint Joseph Radio presents, and we are going to be talking about discipleship. Discipleship. Now that probably only relates to you know those those uh, twelve or seventy two or from. 2,000 years ago, or I, I somehow think that's probably not going to be the message. Well, uh, or maybe it is. When I hear discipleship for most of my life, if someone would have said, I, are, are you a disciple of Christ? I'd have said yes. And then when Jesus tapped me on the shoulder, I said, who, me? <laughs> uh, which is how many people think of a discipleship. And the reason why I kind of want to talk about it is, is not as something that we put on and take off, yeah. Or even as something that we have to add to our schedule and make room for in the rest of our lives, but something that is life-giving, you know, something that, that, that makes us so much different than we would be without it, that, that it makes us want to be it. Bishop, uh, oh boy, his name is, it just went out of my, uh, uh, heart on fire, uh, word on fire, uh, B- Bishop Barron. He said in one of his homilies about a year ago, he said, Make sure that your Catholic faith, your faith in God, your disposition toward the Most High is part of your everyday common conversation, right? I think that's what you're saying. Make it part of of who you are, not, as you said, something you put on and take off, not something you do on Sunday at church, but it's something that is so part of you that 
in, in, in whether you're at your business meeting or at uh, lunch with friends or at the baseball game, it's something that is recognizable is part of who you are. Well, I have some really great news for you. Of course, the gospel is good news. Oh, good, but the yeah. great news I have for you is it doesn't come from the outside in. It comes from the inside out. Ah. And since it comes from the inside out, since it's it's already in us by our baptism, we have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the, the Trinity in us. We're already discipled as soon as we're baptized. We're already given a mission as soon as we are. I'm not doing a baptism preparation class here right now. But having said that, it is already just waiting to spring out of it. We're like that bud, that flower bud. You've seen them in fast motion. Right. Where, where all of a sudden it just, just bursts open. Yeah. And that's what each one of us are, even though the evil one tries to tell us we're not. Right? The evil one says, you're not good enough to speak Jesus in the world. You're, you sin too much to walk with Jesus. And Jesus says, he reaches his hand out and says, I don't care about any of that. I forgot about all your sins. I put them all behind me, as we hear in the Psalms. I, you're, you're just with me, and you're the most important person I am in the world. Getting over that hump, I think, is one of the first things we have to do once we recognize there's a God and that we're part of that, is getting over the hump to say, I've sinned too much. Deacon, that almost sounded like a prayer, but we always do start with a formal prayer. Could you, could you start us out? Yes, amen. amen. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, <laughs> let, let us begin. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Oh, Heavenly Father, good and gracious God, who's, who's the door to your heart is always open for us. Jesus, the Son of the living God, who, who, who brings us your, your body and blood to feed us and the Holy Spirit to guide us, we ask for a particular indwelling now, a particular bursting forth of the Trinity in us so that other people will see Christ in what we do, not because we put you on, but because we let you out. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Before the program, I was just mentioning that you know, I've talked to a lot of people, a lot of friends in this parish, my parish, other parishes everywhere. And we know there's a lot of uh, uncertainty out there as this all things new seems to be taking, a, a, a getting on its legs, if you will. So, uh, you know, and discipleship, I think, is so apropos for today. So the, the, as we start out, let me just encourage everyone, invite people. Let's all be very invitational. Uh, it, whether it be people who are going to our current parish or our old parish, keep this in mind. The largest population of, uh, the largest denomination of Protestant out there really is not practicing Catholics. So if, if you have a friend, likely they were Catholic, or could be Catholic, and uh, are, are longing to come on back. Let's all this week commit to be invitational. Like, Disciples. Like disciples. Well, I, I always, unfortunately for a lot of us, and, and for a lot of my life, I thought about inviting somebody to the Mass who might be Protestant or inviting a Catholic who might have stepped away back to the Mass or back to a Bible study or, or just back to have a coffee with me uh, as a, one disciple to another, was like asking that first girl to go on a date with you. Uh, I still remember my first crush uh, as a child, Rhonda was her name. She's probably not in St. Louis, so I'm not worried about it. She didn't want to have anything to do with me. So, so, we, so I, I, which I don't blame her. But having said <laughs> that, because of that, I, we all have that. I've had that experience, and maybe some of you out there too, is that, well, if I invite somebody, what if they say no? 
Well, yes. If they say no, I'd be crushed if it was all about me. Yeah. But it's not about me. It's about Jesus Very and me. Good. And Jesus, yeah. if I have Jesus in me, then I might feel bad if the person doesn't go with me because I want so much for them. But it won't be a, it won't be a reflection on who I am because I'm a son of the Most High God. Haven't we all had conversations with our friends? You say, hey, I just saw this great movie. By the way, I did. I have to tell you about it. But And, and you tell someone about it. It was moving. It was inspiring. It made me think a different way. I, you got to see it. You, you know, go take your wife, take your kids, go see it. It's just this great movie. We do that all the time, whether it be a restaurant or my new job or whatever it is. Look, our, 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 our Catholic faith is a lot better than a good movie. You know, let's feel free to invite them. We're just, we're just you know, as I forget who said it. I'm, I'm just, we're just sharing uh, uh, with other blind people where we found bread, right? With starving people where we found bread. You know, this is a great thing. And if they say no, like you're saying, I, I like that perspective. I never thought of, that, of it that way. They say no to you. They're not saying no to you. You're, you're doing God's work. You're saying, they're saying no to, no, they're saying not now to Jesus. Because yeah. Jesus is after him, and he doesn't give up. Oh, there's so many times. Uh, think about this. There's so many times when, when uh, somebody might come up to you later or somebody come, might come up to me and say, remember that you did blankety blank. Uh, for me, it just happened this week where somebody said, remember when you did such and such at a, at a funeral service uh, and you just gave a little prayer? And I remembered that, so now I want you to, uh, would you please come and, and uh, witness the marriage vows of my daughter? Well, see, th that person got a little spark on yeah. something that I don't even remember ever saying. There you go. And that person came to me and said, I'd like that spark to be carried out with, in, with my daughter and her marriage. Now, that may not happen because of logistics. But having said that, that's all we're supposed to do. And, and it's, it's, uh, it shouldn't be daunting. It should be inspiring to know that at my particular judgment, Jesus is going to show me a film. And it's going to be all the people I touched in my life. And hopefully I don't recognize most of them. Yeah. Hopefully I don't. You probably won't. And, and it's a domino effect. You've moved and planted a seed with someone. And that someone probably will be changed and plants a seed with someone else. You know, it is a domino effect. And, and that goes both ways, unfortunately. The domino uh -huh. effect of our culture yeah, works the right. other way. I just talked to somebody today who said he was talking to a, a Protestant friend of his openly in a, in a, in a uh, restaurant, and they were talking about the difference between their beliefs and, and just nuances more than anything else, I guess, at the time. And somebody in the, in the, in the booth right next to him said, I, I turned to him and said, I can't believe you're talking about the Bible and talking about Christ, and it's all open, and it's wonderful to hear this, but, but I'm so surprised at it. That is amazing that we would think we'd be surprised. Isn't at, that shocking? Right? And that's because our culture has shifted, right? It's, we're, we're almost a post-Christian culture, as, as the Pope has said. But having said that, that doesn't mean our interior culture should change. That means it doesn't mean our interior disposition should change. And the reason why I'm, I kind of want to talk about the benefits of discipleship today is because it's amazing. My brothers and sisters, it's amazing. Food tastes different. Air tastes different. 
water tastes different. Walking with Jesus, sitting around the campfire like the first apostles, listening to his words as it comes out of Scripture is a whole different life. And if you've not experienced it, you're only a moment away from that encounter with Christ, particularly in the Catholic Church with our sacraments of reconciliation and communion. But, but the point I want to get at is we hear about so much in the Bible about, oh, if you're going to be a disciple, you're going to suffer. Uh, you have to give up so much. You'll, it, it, why would anybody? Why would anybody choose that? If you listen to some of the things Saint Paul says about being, I guess we were talking about it before. How many times was he shipwrecked? Uh, I shipwrecked several times. He spent a night and a day, day and a night on the ocean. I got the 40 lashes less one three times, three I times. think. Some, hit, some rod is hitting times. him. Yeah. Stone, so, so, so a lot. With, in our culture, in our culture that, that seeks comfort and security over, over, over faith often or, and over greatness and boldness, his, he seems almost foreign. He seems like one of those Jesus freaks, one of those fanatics. And yet, and yet his zealousness is addictive. His zealousness is addictive because it does not come from him. It comes from Christ. Remember how he started his, remember how, Paul, we were on him for a minute. Uh, remember how he started his, uh, his walk with Jesus? Do you yeah, unwillingly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He thought he was doing the right thing to his credit. And, and many of us might think that too. We're doing the right thing. We're raising our families. We're working really hard at our job. His job at the time was to persecute Christians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Killing Christians. Yeah. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm good at this. Yeah. I, I'm really good at, at putting him in change and Zealous taking about him back, it too. right? And so he's on his way to Damascus and Jesus says, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And he's never heard Jesus's voice before, and he'll never forget it again because he hears it over and over again throughout his entire ministry. He walks with Jesus each time, and Jesus knew exactly what Paul needed. He needed to be blinded first before he could see the light. Isn't that wild? It is, and and uh, it's not on discipleship here, but one of the things I think we got to keep in mind is Paul was a bad dude at this time. Right from a Christian's perspective, he was killing Christians. He was persecuting them. God was still after him. Right? Don't think what you have done has somehow or can somehow exceed God's mercy. Paul was pretty bad. God wanted him. God is after us. He, our sin is not a secret to God. We may try and make a secret to ourselves. <laughs> But it is not a secret, God. He is after you. He is absolutely after you. Well, I'm so glad you said that about Paul because we can equate that to many of our own lives. If, if someone is out there who's known me for most of my life, certainly in the first two-thirds of it, they would say, what on earth is that guy doing on the radio talking about Jesus? Because when I knew him at the St. Charles Courthouse, when I knew him uh, in the practice of law, when I knew him in college, he was nothing like that. And, and, and if any of us are out there thinking that I can't speak Jesus into the world now because of what I've done or yeah, who I right, am or yeah. what I've done before, that's, that, that's totally wrong. Well, then what if somebody comes up to me and says, why are you talking about Jesus? You're just the biggest, fattest sinner I ever saw. In fact, I, I know some things about you that if I told people about it, they would run away from what you have to say. And I go, fine, because it's not my words I speak. It's not, it's not, it's not I who live, 
as Paul says, but Christ who lives in me. It's not these words that I speak to you even today are, are on my heart because it's my heart. It's his heart connected to mine. And if I'm a poster child, which I think I am, for a walking, walking, breathing uh, poster of redemption, then I'm fine with that. I'm absolutely fine. Me too. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. I'm your host, Peter Kruitz, and we are on the air live. I think I said that with Deacon Tom Burke. We're talking about discipleship. So what I want to talk to you about, Peter, is, is, and I asked you about this before, so I prepped you just a little bit, and everybody out there should be, should be able to do this. What is that? First, uh, First Peter 3.15. He's talking about Christ, Peter, isn't always be ready for, to give an explanation for your hope. And your hope is in Jesus Christ. So what I wanted to I ask you is, is what drives you, Peter? What drives you as a disciple of Christ? Because I, I know that, that you're, you're well accomplished in professional life, stellar accomplished in that. You have a beautiful family. Uh, I've heard a lot about your life. And, but, but if I ask you what's your life about Somewhere in there, I think you'd be talking about Jesus. Uh, yeah. And First Peter, First Peter three fifteen. My name is Peter. Three fifteen is my wife's birthday, and uh, and it's one of my favorite verses. You know, I uh, and it, it says always have a reason for the sure hope that's in you. What I try and remember is the last part of it, but express it with gentleness and kindness. I got to remember the gentleness and kindness. Uh, I. I have a buddy who says that we should always wear our crosses on the outside, right? And I, I think that's more than physical. I think that's spiritual as well. Wear our crosses on the outside. Wear our crucifixes on the outside. Everyone should know what our, the most important thing in our life is, and the most important thing is not a thing. It's a person. It's our Lord. Can I interrupt you just briefly? Uh, and for those of you out here who don't, who might be listening to this, who don't do that and say, I can't bring myself to do that, or if I do that at work, I'm going to be fired or whatever, then don't beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up with, how, with who you are with Christ. Just know that he wants you to a deeper, more personal relationship. So as many times as we talk about being, being connected to Jesus and loving him and feeling that extraordinary love, that, that unbelievable acceptance, that, that unique wholeness that we wouldn't have otherwise, if you don't feel that right now, don't allow the evil one to beat you up for not feeling that way. Because that's what he says. I want to rob you of your identity. I'm going to make you feel like you're not a beloved daughter or a beloved son of God. And, and he will try to come in and steal that joy from you, the joy that Jesus had that makes our joy complete that he shares with us. I'm sorry for interrupting, but, but there's so many times when I beat myself up for not being good enough to be with Jesus. And he says, I died because I'm good enough for you. I, I, yeah, and, and I don't think we'll ever be good enough, but... Uh, we we need to be positive in what we do. I, I mean, affirmative. So uh, uh, as I'm on a Zoom call in the background, there's always a there's a little picture of Jesus as a child working with his father Joseph. In my conference room, I have a beautiful crucifix. At 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 business meetings or personal meetings, I always say grace. Look, uh, there's there's no doubt what I am where I'm at. And let me tell you another one. I have a client whose language is horrible. He has abominable language. And he, he uh, at one point, and we've known each other for years, he stops what he's doing. He says, 
My language is awful, isn't it? And, and I never said a word to him, but I never replied in kind, right? As a Catholic, as a Christian, we can do a lot just by our example. I have another friend who's a, he's a faithful Christian, but he used to say GD all the time, all the time, all the time. And um, I, I didn't say anything. But one day he stopped in the middle of his sentence and he says, I'm using the Lord's name in vain. You know, not, not, not in so many words. He, he said something else. I mean, that's the way I would say it. I said, well, yeah, you do it. You've done it for years. He says, why, why do you say it just now? He says, because every time I do, you bow your head. I think that... You probably didn't even know you were bowing your head. No, I knew it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was Good doing it. Good for you. It. I was doing it. And... You know, I think our simp- you know, if we're, we're, we're somehow anxious about being more assertive, we can do very gentle things that uh, asserts uh, our faith. I, I got to tell you, honestly, I remember years and years ago I heard this gospel. It said, the Lord said, if you are embarrassed of me before men, I will be embarrassed of you before the Father. And I heard it a thousand times until I heard it that one time. And I thought I will never again have the possibility of being ashamed of the Lord. And, and I don't know if that's too strong of a statement, but the more common our language is with having the Lord in it, the more comfortable we will be expressing it. Oh, I think that's a very good point. And, and, and that's, that's lovely that, that, that you are conscious of Jesus with you. And, and many, of us, many of us, as we walk through our day, we don't. And then at the end of the day, maybe we do a, a particular examination about that day, and we, and we go, oh, wow, I can't even remember all the conversations I had, and I don't even know whether I brought Jesus with me each time. And that can be a source of recrimination, but that's not Jesus. Jesus says, thank you for thinking of me. Thank you for trying to take me with you. I'm giving you another day tomorrow, and that day is my gift to you so you can be your gift back to me. And, and when that happens... When that happens, then you see when you read uh, when you read the uh, the epistles of Saint Paul, mm-hmm. you know when he talks about about to the Romans and he, and and uh, I I may not have it here, but but you know when he when he talks and says and says you know hope does not disappoint. You know the hope in Jesus Christ will raise us up. You know, that even though we may go through some things and that endurance builds character and that character, it's right at Romans 5, I don't have it in front of me. And that, and that, that builds hope, endurance and that builds hope. And hope does not disappoint. That hope is in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And once we have that hope and continue to have that hope, then he comes and lives more deeply in us. And that is the joy, the joy that, which drives Paul on. That's the joy that I that I see in you, Peter. That drives you on to to be to say, I want to get a little closer to him, uh, Jesus. I know you're here. I perceive your presence in other people, and also in in Scripture, and and also at the sacraments, and also at a homily I heard by a priest, and or or, or something I heard from. I perceive your presence, and I want you more in my life. And that's that's a joyful joyful glorious place uh greater than happiness that's a p- 
pace, place of peace where, where everything around you is a, is, is a goulash of a tempest, of, 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 of arrows being thrown at you right and left. But you're like in the eye of a hurricane with Jesus. And that's what you're describing. You're describing a relationship, you know, a, a friendship, a, a degree of comfort. I mean, all of us have had terrible days at work. And the first thing and the last, the last thing we can think of is, is just to, what's going to happen tomorrow. But you go home to your children, to your wife, and there's, there's some peace there. Well, there's always peace with our Lord. If you wake up from a nightmare, I know when I was a boy, I used to have a lot of nightmares. My, my mom used to say, just make the sign of the cross because you're not alone. Just make the sign of the cross because you are not alone. And we aren't. You're describing relationships. And, and, and Paul says that in 1 Corinthians. He says, but if one loves God, one is known by him. You know, ever since the Garden of Eden, when they went and hid behind the bushes, that's kind of silly. But when they went and hid behind the bushes, we, we, we think, well, because of my sins, I, can't, I don't dare let God know me anymore. Mm-hmm. He may actually look deeper than the peripheral of the, of the image I try to present in the community. And it's, it's only then when we're, when we're truly known by God that we can sit there and say, yeah, I dump it all out in the sacrament of reconciliation. I dump it all out in my daily exam and I dump it all out to you. And, and I do that because I know what it's like if I hold it. If I hold all my regret, if I hold all my sins, and if I hold all my, my, uh, my uh, insecurities in, then I'll just develop pride. Mm-hmm. Then I'll just develop pride. And that's, yeah. that really shuts the door to Christ. Yeah. And we, we, as you said, God gives us a day so we can give it back to him. All the good that we do comes from the grace that God gives us to do it. But quite frankly, the only thing that is truly ours that we can give to God is our sin. And he wants to relieve us, relieve us of that. That's where confession is. So I'd like to give you, I'd like to give you a, a, a something that is so counterintuitive because Jesus is counterintuitive. The Son of the Most High God decided to die for us. Sure, yeah. That makes no sense. Of course. But, but it does make sense when it's love, right? And I want to give you something that, that is just wildly counterintuitive, and that is we have so much hope in Christ that we get closer to him by being scared. We get closer to him by turning our scaredness over to him. We get closer to him by being bold where no one would be bold before, by, at, by speaking up when no one would want to speak. We've all been in those meetings, right, when there was a pregnant pause, when somebody says something, or we've been at a restaurant and we're sitting there with friends and somebody says something that makes, that's absolutely contrary to the Gospels, and we've said nothing. If someone out there, you can contact me at St. Joseph Cottleville Church. If somebody out there says, every time anything like that happened, I've always spoken up, please come talk to me. I'd like to know more about your relationship with Christ because it's, it, because it's more profound than mine is through most of my life. And I even, even recently have failed to speak up, not in a conversational way, but I failed to go pray with somebody when I was given the prompting by the Holy Spirit. I will have to deal with that person if I ever see them again at my particular judgment. But if I see them again, I'm I'm going to pray with them. But the point I'm getting at is this, is that if you're bold, you find Christ. If you step out, 
you'll find Christ. There you go. We're going to be back in two minutes. And uh, be bold, because remember, like when you were riding a bike, your dad was behind you making sure you didn't fall. Jesus, take care of you, too. We're going to be back in about two minutes. Tell your friends to come join us. Hi, this is Matt Logerman with St. Joseph Radio with a great gift idea, a St. Benedict bracelet, a trendy accessory for men, women, and children that not only looks good on everyone's wrist, but is actually armor for the spiritual battlefield. This unique bracelet is handmade in Europe and contains 10 medals within the braided cord in the adult size and seven medals in the children's size. On the front of each beautiful medal is St. Benedict holding a cross in his right hand, the object of his devotion. On the back of each medal is a cross. Surrounding the back of the medal and cross are the letters VRSN. M-V-S-M-Q-L-I-V-B in Latin reference which translates Be gone, Satan. Never tempt me with your vanities. What you offer me is evil. Drink the poison yourself. And finally located at the top is the word Pax which means peace. All bracelets come packaged with an informational card and the St. Benedict blessing which your local priest can administer. This gift is for everyone you love and care about, including yourself. Available from St. Joseph Radio. Check the website at www.saintjosephradio.net St. Joseph Catholic Radio is proud to announce the launch of SJEN-TV, the St. Joseph Evangelization Network. SJEN-TV is a premier online Catholic broadcasting network providing quality Catholic programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We have programming such as live studio interviews, St. Joe's Java speaker presentations, current Catholic issues, and the pro-life series. We're featuring the many talented speakers out of Orange County, California, and this Archdiocese of St. Louis, Missouri including Professor John Gresham, Father James Mason, Karen Nokemper, Rick Hollerick, Bill Federer, and many more. To review the program list, go to sjen.tv or on Roku, sjen.tv. All this programming is free, and we are welcoming sponsorship of new programs. Find out more at sjen.tv. Welcome back to St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm your host, Peter Karutz. Uh, we're with Deacon Tom Burke, and we are talking about discipleship and having a good conversation during the break. Almost, almost missed the intro, but welcome, well, welcome back. What? Yeah, and the conversation we had. I want everybody to come into this conversation with us because, because it is so apropos for being a disciple, right? And 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 what we were doing here, we're we're verbally arm wrestling, uh, and and. Uh, uh, I'm gonna. If, if we kept going, I'm sure I would win. I'm just. I kidding. know you would. Yeah. But but I guess what I was getting at is is I was talking about being bold. But let me tell you the context of that, just so, just what so makes some sense. And I'm not talking about like a bull in a china closet. That's reckless. Yeah. There's a difference between reckless and bold. And right. here's what I'm talking about. Second Corinthians three, Paul says, since we have such a hope, meaning a hope in Christ, since we have such a hope. We are very bold, right? And, and, and I am sure, I mean, just re, read the epistles, read the Acts of the Apostles. Did Paul turn people off? He turned people off all the time. But for every person that he turned off, even that person decided to come back. And if, and, and if I may be so bold, I will tell you about who Jesus Christ is to me. If I may be so bold, let me tell you about, about my walk with Jesus that allows me to sleep when I shouldn't be, allows me to put, turn my head over and offer it to Jesus and go back to sleep. I, 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 I wanna, if I'm so bold, let me tell you about, about Jesus speaking to me in the middle of the night and waking me up or giving an old man since I am a dream. And, and allowing me to walk with him. If I could be so bold, I'd like to talk to you about, about my sonship, 
my sonship with, with the Father because of Jesus Christ, that allows me to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, with such great confidence that in Jesus Christ, as it says in Ephesians, I'm already in heaven. If I should be so bold, let me tell you that I would offer my life for you now if it meant that you could be in heaven and throw me a rope when I get, when I get up there. That's the boldness that I'm talking about. Boldness is not recklessness. Boldness is speaking with love the way Jesus did. And I think that's true. Speaking with love, you know, during the break I said, you know, one of the things that I always am reminded by one of my favorite verses, you said it, First Peter 3.15, is the end. It says, you know, always have a sure reason for the, have a, have a reason for the sure hope that is in you, right? But at the end, it says, do so with gentleness and kindness. And, and I'll tell you one particular struggle of mine. I, I, again, I always say grace before I eat. And I have been in, uh, in business meetings. I remember one in, in Chicago, one in New York. There may be 25 or 30 people, and I'll stand up in the middle of the room, and I'll invite everybody to say grace. But sometimes, in, in a small group, it's easy. But sometimes, I don't want to be a disruption, right? I don't want to be as Pope... Benedict said, I don't want to immunize the other people against the faith. So sometimes I will quietly make the sign of the cross and say grace. And, and, I, and I, I will tell you honestly, I, I don't think it's a, maybe it is, I don't think it's a fear, if you will, but I, I really look at myself and I say, I, I know I can be abrasive, I can be overbearing, and, and that's not being joyful, right? That's not bringing love to the circumstance. So it, that's something I, I think about. I don't think, I, I don't know if I struggle with it, but I want to live my faith. But sometimes I think I have, sometimes, my, sometimes just silence and listening to somebody, which I'm not good at, is what I need to do. So I, I know that's my weakness. Sometimes I talk too much and I listen too little. So... Uh, we, we need to be bold, but we need to first off, second off, and last off, come to that encounter with love. Well, I, I, I totally agree with you, uh, I, I, except. Please. Here's, here's my accept. My accept is this. Jesus did everything out of love, but he wasn't timid. He was meek and humble of heart. Yeah. He, says, he says, learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. My yoke is easy and my burden light. And he says, I'm going to carry whatever burden you have as you step out into a culture that denies me, as you step out into a world that, that, that uh, almost celebrates, celebrates sin and disorder. And as you do that, I'm going to go with you and I'm going to let you carry my love with you. And if that means that uh, I'm not going to think so much about it, but I'm going to act by the promptings of the Holy Spirit, and, and if that means that I don't look appropriate, if that means that I don't fit in, then hallelujah, because I shouldn't fit into this culture. I shouldn't fit into places where, where Jesus has not spoken. I shouldn't fit into those places, but I should go to those places. And so I guess my, I, I would not chastise you for, for anything that you got the prompting from the Holy Spirit to do, but I would, what I would suggest to you that, that uh, something that has been put on my heart recently because of my timidity, and that is 
thinking things through, planning on what I'm going to say, picking the right moment to talk to my family, deciding that I'm going to wait until Labor Day gathering or Thanksgiving to talk to somebody is absolutely a st- throwing water on the, ho- the fire of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I will talk myself out of it. Got if it. you've ever done this, I've done it numerous yeah. times. I, w- I will allow the evil one to talk myself out of it. I'll be in that situation. I'll be reminded of it by the Holy Spirit. I won't do something about it. Why? Because it just doesn't feel like the right time. Yeah. Well, I've sure. got to tell you, Paul didn't feel like the right time a lot of times. I bet. And yet he was, a, he was probably the greatest known apostle amongst all of them for evangelization. And so we talk about evangelization and we talk about, about carrying Christ with us. Let me tell you, he wants to give you a bucket. He wants to give you a bucket of love to carry with you in every situation. That bucket is what he's talking about to the woman at the well. I, I, it will be a wellspring in you to eternal life. Remember that? Remember, he, she says, he says, if you knew who you were talking to, this is in John 4, if you knew who you were talking to, you would ask me for that living water and you would not thirst again, in essence, what he says. And she says, I really want that. I'm tired of coming to the well in the, me- in the heat of the day because I'm such an adulteress and I have all these people would be wagging their tongues at me. I don't want to come at this time of day. So tell me where I can get this water so I never have to come back and be, be criticized by these people and scorned by them. And he says, I'm it. And he's, all, he's preparing us for John 6 where he says, I'm the bread of life, right? But he, but he says, I'm it. You're speaking to him. I am the son of God. I will give you that water. And if we continue to drink that water, and I know I, I'm sorry for going on and I apologize no, no, in that no. regard. But if you drink the water with Jesus, if you let him hold the cup, can you drink from the cup that I drink? Lord, I'm not so sure, but if you hold the cup, I will drink it. And I will take that living water into me. And that will spring up to eternal life. And if that causes you to not think so fast, but to act, if that causes you to profess Jesus in a place where, where it isn't there, then you will be casting light into darkness. You'll be filling a room with, with, with uh, warmth where it was cold. You'll be doing what St. John of the Cross says. Where there is no love, insert love, and you will find love. And if, you, if all you ever find is the love of Christ not the people there. Is that enough for you? Certainly it is. Mm-hmm. Because it's so great to be a, a disciple. That's what sure. we're talking about. Right. This is life-giving. Right. This is wonderful. And it is our call. It, is our, it is our call. I mean, you're, you're here wearing a collar and you're a deacon, but it is all of our call. Are you talking about the Great Commission? I am. What is that? The Great Commission. It's at the end of, is it Matthew. Uh, it's just before our Lord ascends into heaven. And he says, go out throughout the whole world and baptize, uh, proclaim the gospel and baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And, he, and that was the Great Commission. Go out to the world and proclaim the gospel so and baptize. And he's not just talking to the apostles, is he? He's talking to so. all kinds of people. They're, they're, at one point, uh, Paul says there was 500 people that he talked to all at the same time. So uh, he's talking to us disciples right so so here's my question for you what did he say right before that 
I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I got you on this one you because, got me. because I looked it up ahead of time. Oh, yeah, 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 you okay, do it. Okay. I didn't want to be like a know-it-all. No. I don't have scripture right at my fingertips as I should. But, but he says, all power on heaven and uh, earth has been given to me. And then he immediately sends them out to do that. What he's doing, since it's a commission, is he's not just telling them to do things. He's telling them, I'm giving you the power to do that. If you walk with me, the first disciples were sent out two by two because Jesus stayed back. But before he sent them out, he says, go to every town and village that I'm going to go to and eat what's set before you, proclaim the kingdom of God, cure the sick, you know, cure the sick and proclaim the kingdom of God is at hand. If you do that, he sent them with his power to do that. When you got the Great Commission, which you've just said, that we all just heard, that we all just received because of our baptism, we got the power, all power on heaven and earth has been given to us. Remember what he says, I'm sorry I'm on the same topic, but remember what he says to the apostles when he commissioned them. What did he say? We just had it this week in the readings. What did he say to the apostles? He says, go out, raise the dead, cure the sick, drive out demons, and proclaim the kingdom of God is at hand. But what did he say right before that? He's, I don't remember. That's all right. That's okay. That's okay. Because it's almost like a doorstop, right? Got it. You can't look past the door because I just gave you a doorstop. But what he said was that the, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. And what he's really talking about is if you ask to be a disciple, if you ask to be Jesus, if you ask to walk with him out into the field, because now because of the resurrection and Pentecost, he's going with us. We don't have to go out two by two. Then what happens is we get that power from God to do that. Yeah. Wow. And, and by virtue of our baptism, we are called to do that. Everyone, all of us, the, you don't have to have five years of seminary to do that. And, and remember what he did to the apostles. He says, don't take sandals. <laughs> Ouch. Don't, don't, oh, yeah. don't take money. Don't take an extra tunic. Don't take a walking stick. In other words, go out about as naked as you can be in a place where they didn't have banks, right? You had to carry right. everything you owned of value with you. But go out as naked as you could be so that all people see is me. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. I wish that people, when people saw me, all they saw was him. Mm -hmm. But I carry so much around with me, so many things that we want to, right? Our image to our friends and family, our image to the community, our image to our fellow workers at work. And those images insulate us from recrimination. But if it's just between me and Jesus, I don't care about that. I just read a little article, it was a little cartoon, meme they call it, and it was talking about why, why sisters might wear a habit, and there's something about modesty, something about uh, detachment from the world. But uh, I think the most powerful thing is when people see them, they think of Jesus. And, and I think that's what you're saying. You know, it, 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 what the, those 72 were told to do, don't, don't go with an entourage, uh, go with two, I guess, but don't, uh, don't have some great clothes and flashy 
jewelry or flashy garments and money and just rely on God and know that when people see you, they see God. They see our Lord. I think that's what, what sisters do too. I mean, we all see it. When you see a sister walking down the, the street, if you do today, what do you do? The first thing you come to mind is you think of, of faith and devotion to our Lord. Maybe that's what we're called to do. You know, I think we'd be remiss if, 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 uh, if we didn't spend just a few moments talking about, well, well, how do we do that? You know, yeah. we talked a little bit about the sacrament of reconciliation, which is getting rid of all the stuff that we carry on, all those pretenses of sin. We talked a little bit about uh, the Eucharist, which would be a whole nother talk. Uh, and and so, so how, how, how do we do that? You know, how do, how do we get so we can walk with Jesus? And the answer is we... we Sometimes you just have to do it. You act out in faith and risk, and Jesus comes and elevates you to a to a closer unity with Him. the uh, The image I'd like to leave you with on that is that is that when I was a young person, we'd do yard work, Dad and I, and and I'm like ten, so I'm raking leaves in Iowa in the crisp fall air. You can kind of visualize the different the sunlight going off all the different leaves on the ground, and I'm raking, and I do about ten percent of the yard. Okay. But I didn't perceive it was 10%. I was, I was working the best I could with this yeah. little toy rake. And when we were all done, I went in the house with Dad, and, and, and I said to Mom, I know I said this to Mom. I don't remember it exactly, but I know it said, we raked the yard, right? Could my dad have done it quicker without me? Oh, yeah. Could he have done it better than a little swath of rake or leaves? Oh, yeah. Did, 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 he, did he object and say, well, no, you only, did, you only did like 8%, kid. You know, I did 92. No. And God the Father and the Son is the same way with us. By me cooperating with dad, I was elevated, right? I was elevated. I companioned dad. And that's what God wants us to do with Jesus Christ. Companion means to come, means with. C-O-M is with, from Latin. And uh, inion, which is bread. So it's with bread that we come. We share that bread with Christ, willing to share his very self with us. I'll give you a couple more words. Compelled. Go ahead. I I was just going to say, this is St. Joseph Radio Presents coming (laughs) to you. I have to squeeze that in. Live from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm your host, Peter Kroots. This is Deacon Tom Burke, as I rudely interrupted him, and we're talking about discipleship. Would you like to be compelled? Yes, I would. And why would you like to be compelled? Because then it's clear. Then it's absolutely clear. Uh, I need to, you know, compelled could be in from a, a compelling from uh, inside us. We're self-motivated, if we will. We feel we got to go. Or compelled, we have an authority who we love and respect who says, you need to do this. So inside or out, and it creates certainty. And I, I, that's wonderful, too. Maybe that was the wrong answer. No, that's beautiful. I love it. I love it. it, the, it and so many of us, so, no, I want to keep my options open. I, I, I don't want that certainty. I don't, want to be, I don't want to be driven. But the word compelled is C-O-M, which means with, and pelled is driven. Driven with. See, Jesus wants—that's uh, Latin. Uh, Jesus wants us to be driven with Him. Mm-hmm. We're never alone, and 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 I want to impress upon people here that that without Him, I feel so alone. Think about it. You get that promotion at work. You work so hard at it. You got that success. You get that braise. And right after that, don't you feel very alone? 
because now you have to get to the next level. Your boss is going to give you another chore. You're going to have another project. You're going to have to get to another sales sales thing to get that next. You're going to have to live up to the reputation that you have at work. And I'm just talking about work. We can keep going with what goes on in our families. We can keep going with goes on with our friends. We can keep going and saying, yeah, when I meet my friends, we're just kind of swapping stories, one up in each other. But what if you were compelled that you, that you were driven with Jesus? That's a whole nother way to look at the world, my, my friends. That's a whole nother way to seeing how wonderful a life that could be because I'm with, I'm driven with the Most High God, the Son of the Most High God. Well, you're never walking alone. Yeah. 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 And isn't the evil one always telling us we are alone? And you're going to fall and you're going to stumble and it's going to be bad and don't do this because it's, uh, it's, it's scary and ugly and people will call you stupid and, and, and crazy, etc. Uh, you said something just before the, uh, the break and, um, you know, it, it, do you ever fear the failure? You fear the no, right? And I was talking to a friend who, uh, no, no, someone who, who, who works for me. And she does rock climbing. And I said, well, do you have belays? Yeah, yeah, we got belays. And that's somebody who hangs on to a counterweight, to a rope, so that you won't fall. And uh, I thought, oh, wow, that's, that's cool. Because now you have the courage to climb that rock because you know someone's going to catch you if you fall. Or I, I was thinking about uh, when I've taught my daughters or friends to ride their bike, I remember running behind my, my youngest, and she says, don't let go, don't let go, don't let me fall. I'd let go eventually, but I wouldn't let her fall. Or, or, or ice skating, you know, teaching a child to ice skate. They don't want to fall. You know what? I, I think it's that, 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 that uh, knowledge that God has got your back that will give us the courage to, to climb a wall that we can't climb on our own. I mean, these rock climbers, they can't climb that rock on their own until they try because they know God's got their back, right? They've got somebody who has got their back. We're do, we can do these extraordinary things with God as our belay or with God holding on to us because he is. Have you ever seen a little child? I'm so glad you gave me that image because it evoked, uh, Jesus kind of maybe gave you this one. Have you ever seen public big old public pool okay oh yeah and it's somewhere you'll see this every day there'll be a father usually and he's three feet or four feet off the edge of the pool and there's a there's a there's a little child maybe got those arm wings on you know those floaties and he's going come come and the child doesn't want to come the child's like oh you know, I got dad, dad, and he's and he maybe even moves maybe a half a step closer, <laughs> but says, "Come, come!" Yeah. And the child eventually it, jumps yeah. into the into right. dad's arms. Half of it, them go under, <laughs> but dad's strong arms That's catches right. them. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. I, I I don't remember, but I've seen it so much. I know it's ingrained in me. And and then what happens? The child immediately lets go of dad. Dog paddles over to the side. Do it again, do it Climbs again. out with a little bit and says, do it again, do it again. But this time, Dad's in the same spot, right? And the child says, move back. Right, right. That's what God does with us. He moves back and draws us to him because he always wants us to know that he's there. 
Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God, the Father of all compassion, the Father of all mercies, who puts behind him all my sins and catches me all the time yeah. and allows me to laugh, laugh with abandonment in his arms. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, in that image, the, the, the Father knows us as, even though we think he doesn't. And that child is, is thinking how scared they are. The father who's standing in the pool, he knows exactly what's going through that mind of that child, and he's doing what the child needs at that moment. That's what our Lord does. He does for us what we need at the moment, because he knows us. Right, and that same child eventually takes off the wings, Right. goes to swim practice, Right. then, then decides to become a lifeguard, okay? <laughs> That's not so implausible, no. right? And, and goes on to do other things for other people in the same pool. But the point is, I think, is to be, I can be in the side of the, in the mind of the father, but to be in the mind of the child, why did that child jump? Because the child knows that his father loves him and would care for him and wants the best for him and would save him. It's that childish love and confidence in that father that we need to find and absorb and live. And we always can find it, we always can absorb it, we always can live it with Jesus Christ. And that's really the difference, is that if I walk in the world, it becomes about me, and I am prey to the evil one. But if I walk with Christ, I walk in the light of his countenance. he always pick me up, and he'll always show me the way. we got a minute or two left. What advice do we have for people? How to be disciples in the world? I think what we've talked about today isn't so much the sorrow and the suffering that we that, that so many people who are who are scared of of being with Jesus and so many people are scared of being belonging in, in a faith uh, group with with other Catholics or to being in, in in a congregation. So many people say I'm spiritual, but I'm not. I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm not. I'm not going to go to a congregation because they don't feel like they'll encounter Christ there. I say, step out, be just a little bolder in your faith, and that will create a vacuum for Jesus to enter in and fill you. And then the next time, it's just so much easier to laugh with Jesus and to jump into the Father's arms. There you go. Open your heart. Open the door. If you open it up, the Lord will flood in. But if you shut that door, our Lord's going to respect it. He'll keep after you, but open Open the door and you'll be surprised what the Lord puts in your path. And it gives you the strength and to do what you need to do. I think the other thing you said is, be bold, don't be afraid, God's got your back. Well, that's all the time we have. Come back and see us again next week and tell a friend and be a disciple. You've been listening to St. Joseph Radio Presents from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. If you would like to join us in our evangelization efforts, you can order a copy of today's broadcast or any of our past programs by visiting us on our website, stjosephradio.net. That's S-A-I-N-T, josephradio.net. 
or call us 636-447-6000. It's all at your fingertips to help us evangelize the world, bringing the good news of Christ to everyone you meet and change one soul at a time. Thank you for your prayers and support. Until next time, may God bless you and your family. This has been a presentation of St. Joseph Radio Presents. Thank you.